This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. reminding you about our new seating setup uh, that you would move to the center everybody say move to the center some of these rows especially here in the center they're gigantic now so i know you want to sit on the end of the row but just move to the center will help us out uh, seating people as we go forward now my wife has actually gone away and i miss her tremendously she's gone to visit her mother in phoenix and as i've told you before you know my my mother-in-law she's recovering from cancer her scans are doing well but she's still in recovery so nicole is going to visit her spend some time with her and she's only been gone um since friday but shout out to all the solo parents out there huge respect for you she's only been gone two days holy smokes people i gotta do this for another week and, um, you know, it's not so much my 15-year-old. My you know, she's fairly self-sufficient. She can dress herself. She needs help stylizing her Instagram photos. <laughs> so I help her with that. But other than, other than that, she's fine. Our biggest problem is now our dog. Now, I didn't realize how connected our dog and my wife are. You know, she's been gone since Friday. And I feel like my dog is staring at me saying, what did you do with her? And I'm like, I'm actually the one that pays for your food. You don't even know. We don't understand it. But she is missing her. So you can pray for my wife and my mother-in-law and pray for our dog that she will make it through this week. All right. We are in part three of people problems. We are looking at relationships in this series. And from the scripture, we're finding out practical solutions to our relationship issues. And all of us have relationship issues because we are in relationship with imperfect people and all of those imperfect people are in relationship with you and you are imperfect so we're always struggling in the context of our relationships we're struggling uh, as, as spouses we're struggling as parents and children and with our co-workers and with our friends and and what do we want to do is we want to get better at relationships that's the point of this series that we can discover from the scripture how can we get better at our relationships we just don't want to stay the same we just don't want to stay here with the abilities and the understanding that we have with relationships sure we've got um, some good things from our parents growing up but there's also some other things that you may might have got from your family of origin that weren't so great how to do relationships and and from culture culture offers us answers sometimes that aren't really answers and what we want to do is find out from the scripture uh, ways for us to be have to have successful relationships and see we really want perfect relationships but we know we can't actually achieve that we want to have healthy relationships um, and then because of the mistakes that we all make in relationships, we want to have reconciled relationships and restored relationships. And the scripture says uh, a lot as it relates to that to help us to achieve those things. So let's turn over in our Bibles this morning to Proverbs 27, verse 17. And it says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another so in other words the expectation that we should have in all of our relationship is that there will be friction iron sharpens iron it doesn't mean that it doesn't always going to be smooth that there are some uh, rough spots on you and there's some rough spots on me that have to be rubbed off and the way that's going to happen is going to happen in the context of relationship there will be sparks in our relationships, there's going to be things going on. Why? Because there's friction, iron against iron. 
And, and that's the way we will grow, uh, letting that iron sharpen us. And the question is, how committed to, to the imperfect people in our lives are we? Are we always jumping in and out of relationships, look, you know, looking for new friends, new relationships? Um, if you're only committed to perfect people, you can't be committed to anybody. And we want to be committed on our relationships. We want to follow through in our relationships. But the expectation is that there will be some sparks flying in our relationships. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting in verse 9, says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So in the context of mutually beneficial relationships, I'm going to help you and you are going to help me. And that's the way we need to think about relationships, that we're in this together. We're in this relationship together. And I'm going to need some help sometimes. And then my wife will be there. My friends will be there. And my coworkers will be there, and then vice versa. They're going to need me sometimes. And so the people that we have relationship with, that's the way it's going to be. We're going to need each other. We're we, not going to be alone. Being alone is not a solution. Even in the middle of brokenness, being alone is not the solution. And then the last thing there, it says a three-fold cord is not easily broken. That third cord is God. So whatever relationship we're describing, a marriage relationship or a friend relationship, coworker, parent-child relationship... We want to invite God into that relationship. There will be strength when we invite God into our relationships. He will be there by his presence. But then he's going to be there by his word teaching us how to do relationships. There's strength in relationships when we invite God in the middle there. So the first week we, we just dove right in and we talked about our struggle with all people. And, and, and we read a story that we have expectations for how people are going to treat us. And we have expectations for how people are going to act um, in the context of those relationships. And then sometimes people step out of normal behavior. And then there's anomalies with their actions and with their words and with their attitudes. And the story we read said, you know, the, the gentleman said, I thought this was going to happen. And then that thing didn't happen. And then it said, and he was angry. And that's true in all of our relationships. When somebody steps outside of the bounds of normal behavior, or normal behavior as we would describe it, there, and there's varying degrees to the severity of that. Um, you know, I'm going to be angry. Somebody acts outside of a certain uh, expected behavior, it's going to make me upset. It's going to make me frustrated. And uh, my expectations, my, my super high expectations, my... My super high, you should do this. You should act this way. You know, you got to be careful about your shoulds. You should do this and you should say this. Are, are you judging yourself by your own shoulds? And we have these super high expectations for people that we're not actually living up to ourselves. And in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all of our disappointed expectations, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, that God wants us to choose to forgive. And then last week we, we had our offense cup here um, on the middle of the, of the table. And we talked about how it's very easy to fill our offense cup. It's very easy to get offended. And people can do stuff and they act a certain way. And, you know, it's telling so far in this series, um, pretty much after every um, 
message, people have come up to me with stories. And, and don't do it today as well. It's great. About stuff that they've gone through. And, and, and every week stuff can happen to us, right? Did anybody get their cup full this week with stuff that happened to us? We, and see, the thing is, we're all going to have a choice. We're either going to drink from this cup of bitterness, this cup of offense, this cup of frustration, or we're going to drink, as we talked about last week, from the cup of forgiveness, that God actually gives us forgiveness. And then he invites us to forgive others. And that's a much better cup to drink from. It's a much better way to live our lives. The, the key to relationships, as we would see with God and us, that he gives us forgiveness. He reconciles himself to us or ourselves to him. So in the middle of that, that thread that flows in the middle of that is forgiveness. So we should get a clue. We should learn something that that's how we are going to be successful in our relationships. The only way, the only way we can have long-term successful relationships is by learning to forgive. Something that we have to choose on a daily basis. And as I've been saying, you got to choose it every day. Because even when you've forgiven, even you, you had that emotion that came up and you say, Lord, I forgive that person. The very next day, those thoughts can run through your mind again and you can feel the same emotions. And then we have to make the daily practice. It's in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. We forgive those who trespass against us. It's a daily thing. It's a daily choice that we have to make to learn to forgive so that we can live free and we can live in a healthy place. So if you missed either of those messages, they're available through our website, through the podcast, and then also through our church app. So let's turn over this morning to Colossians chapter 3. And we'll continue on this morning. Colossians chapter 3. So as we uh, are going to talk about today, the question is for us always, will I choose my emotions, my hurt, damaged emotions, or will I choose forgiveness? That's something that only I can choose for myself. Reconciliation is going to take two people. A restoration of a, a relationship is going to take two people choosing that. We're going to talk a little bit later about that today. But forgiveness is only on me. It's only my choice that I can make for myself. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, starting in verse 12. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one of you has a complaint against another, did you have any complaints rise up in your life this week? Come on now. Can you got any complaints in your mind, something that happened? That rises up against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must, also you must forgive. Now we read this a couple weeks ago in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 17, that's talking about uh, Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus said, we must forgive. And then we also see it here in the epistles. Verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So we see three things here in these three verses. The very first part of verse 12, it says, put on as God's chosen ones. As We have this big theological statement that we are the children of God because Jesus has done something. And because that spiritual thing is true, there's going to be something show up in our relationships. And what is it going to be? Well, I'm going to put on something. And then the beginning of verse 13 
bearing with one another. I'm going to bear up something. I'm going to hold on to something in the difficult situation. And then in verse 14, it says, above all these, put on love. So in other words, those three things are telling us that love is a choice and forgiveness is a choice. Put it on. I'm going to put it on my life. I'm going to make a choice as it relates to other people about how I'm going to treat them, regardless of what comes back to me. What are the choices that I'm going to make? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on. Now, somebody would say sometimes, you know, we talk along. Well, do you just want me to fake it then? Do you just want me to fake? Is this what you're saying? You're trying to tell me to tell a lie. I'm going to fake it. Well, the question I would ask back is, do you only ever do things if you have 100% good emotions about it? I have wonderful, effervescent emotions about changing my child's diaper. Is that true? If any parent is waiting for that, no diapers will ever get changed. Well, I, you know, I just don't want to fake it for my child. You know, with, with breast milk and formula, it's not so bad. A little egg salad sandwich in there. But then they, you start to introduce real food, and then you need a gas mask to do this situation. And nobody on the way to change the diaper, especially one of the ones that go up the back, you know what I'm talking about? The explosions up the back. There's no parent be like, I'm feeling it in this moment. I feel the love for my child the same when they came out of my wife and just that emotion. There, there's not, it's not there when you, the diaper is full. But I'm still choosing to do something. I'm putting it on. Putting it on. I'm going to make a choice. And this is the question we have to ask ourselves about forgiveness, about being compassionate, about being humble. Well, I don't, I don't feel this for this person anymore and they did this to me. Yeah, but then, I, I, then I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a choice beyond my feelings. See, feelings are great indicators, they're terrible decision makers. Feelings will help us be aware of what's going on on the inside of me and what are the difficulties that I'm facing. But then if we're going to make our emotions our decision makers, we are going to be hopelessly lost. Because our emotions will be up and down and people will treat us well and they will treat us poorly. And I'm going to feel some kind of way about how people are treating me. And then if I'm going to act upon that, that's the only thing I'm, I'm never going to actually make a choice for myself beyond my emotions. I feel this. And I'm feeling this today. And I can't do that because I feel this. No, we're going to, we're going to put on something because God has done something for us. He, he's forgiven you, so I am going to put on forgiveness. I'm not going to allow my emotions to rule my life. I'm going to be aware of them. They're going to help me to know the health of my heart and what's going on on the inside of me. But I can't allow my emotions to direct my life. Otherwise, my life will be up and down. And I've seen people over the years, you know, something happens and then their emotions and then they're deciding this and then something else happens and then they're going to make another decision because I feel this way today. No, we got to make a choice beyond our emotions. And then we got to make a choice beyond our emotions how to treat people. 
You know, when you get up in the morning beside your spouse and they have morning breath, it's not like your wedding day. There and she's in her dress and the makeup and the lashes and everything is perfect. But then they wake it up in the morning and it's like, same for me, whatever, whatever's happening with me in the morning. You know what I'm saying? But we got to make a choice. Come on now, this is where we live. We got to make a choice beyond our feelings. We can't just say, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to do it. No, then you're allowing your emotions to rule your life. God is telling us to put on something, bear up in the middle of something where I feel like complaining and I just feel like being negative. You know what? I'm going to bear up in the middle of this situation. Then I'm going to put on love and I'm going to live out love for my life. And then it says this, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, I'm not a singer, but I do know Harmony has to do with somebody singing the melody and someone singing the harmony. And that's two different notes. But then it still sounds okay. And this is the where, this is where we need to get to. You know, specifically in our marriage, men, here's a revelation for everybody. Men and women don't look at the world the same way. Is anybody out there? And what happens is, I'm trying to get you to see it the way I see it. No, I'm going to sing melody, she's going to sing harmony, or she's going to sing melody, I'm going to, and together there's going to be a good sound in there. I'm not going to try to make her think how I think. I spent years of my marriage trying to get Nicole to think like a man. And I want to tell you that it's impossible. Our dog. That is missing Nicole terribly in this moment. I'm like, babe, honestly. She's like, she cooks for this animal. Just like, we can't go buy food, people. Like, we got to cook for it. She's, the, the dog, you know, she's getting a little bit older. And I'm like, I, I'm ready to replace her. Not my wife, our dog. getting a little bit older, babe. You know, she's not going to last forever. And like, she's like, don't even talk like that. Don't we, I don't mean, I don't even want to think about it. I'm like, honey, we need to think about it. She's not, look at her. And I'm like, Lulu, you're going to go see Jesus soon, right? <laughs> Nicole, what does he want me to joke about it? And I'm like, you know, I've got some loose change in my pocket. I can go down to the town. We can get a new dog. Not a problem. The dog, my wife. There's a spiritual connection going on. My wife can read this animal's mind. Not really, but she thinks she can. They're walking in the kitchen together. Lulu is staring up at her. Walks around the house like this to my wife. I'm like, this is not healthy. And I want Nicole to think about the dog the way I think about the dog. You know, it's like, it's a dog, right? It's a dog. We're getting another one. No problem. I had a few dogs in my life. We'll get over it. I just want to tell you any conversation like that is a waste of time with my wife. But together, we have still achieved harmony in our marriage because she accepts 
<laughs> how I think about this animal, and I accept that they have a weird relationship. <laughs> but we can still have a good sound. Do you see this? This is what happens to us. We're trying to, we're trying to change people. We're trying to fix them. We're trying to get them to think the way I think. No, but we can, we can think differently and still achieve harmony. We can still achieve a good sound in our relationships. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4 this morning. Now, in this portion of scripture we're just about to read, the Apostle Paul goes through a bunch of relationships that he has. We don't necessarily read this scripture a lot of times, these portion of 2 Timothy. But it just goes through, and, and we're going to run the gamut here of the relationships that Paul has experienced. And I, I'm sure it describes some of our relationships as well. So Paul is writing to Timothy, uh, a pastor, and he says, Do your best to come to me soon. And then he says in verse 10, For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So it's not a good place to start. So Demas is here. Uh, he was with Paul, but now... Paul is saying, you know, he's just in love with the present world and he's left and he's gone to another city. It's not a good start talking about relationships. Now, for anybody that's pregnant in here today, there's a lot of good baby, uh, baby names in this portion of scripture that I'm going to be, they're, none of them are in the top 100 out there. So they're available to you. So Demas is one. And then it says, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him. With you, for he is very useful to me in the ministry. So Luke, the, the person who, who penned the Gospel of Luke and then also the book of Acts, he's there as a ministry associate with Paul. And then he says, go get Mark because he's useful to me in the ministry. But if you go back to the book of Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas, who were uh, ministry partners, had such a sharp disagreement, the scripture says, over Mark because at one time Mark had left them. So Paul didn't think that he was faithful, and so he didn't want to bring Mark anymore. But him and Barnabas had an argument about Mark. And then you can you remember, so after that, you know, Paul and Barnabas, they were ministry partners. And then after that moment, Paul and Silas were ministry partners. And the reason that happened was over Mark. But over here, later on, we don't exactly know what happened, but there was some sort of reconciliation between Paul and Mark. And he's saying he's useful to me in the ministry. So there was a broken relationship that was mended. So he's had somebody leave him. And then he has other ministry partner friends there. And then a relationship that's restored. Verse 12. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come bring the cloak that I left with, with, uh, with Carpus at Troas. Also the books. The books and above all the parchments. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself for he strongly opposed our message. Alexander the coppersmith. Paul had issues with this guy. Why? Because he opposed the preaching of the gospel. So Paul is writing to this pastor and he's just like, just so you know, if Alexander the coppersmith shows up at your church, be aware. Now, I want to say that Paul did not invite Alexander over for Thanksgiving dinner. Is anybody out there? He opposed him. And now, like, there's, not, there's no more relationship happening. 
Do you have anybody like that in your life? Demas, who left, we've got some other friends, and they've gone to other cities, and then here I got this other guy who we're in relationship with, now he actually opposed to Paul and his ministry. That runs the gamut of friendship. It's this, and ministry partners, and then a restored relationship, and then a severed relationship. Verse 16 says this, At first, my defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. All his friends left, Paul is saying. But then what does he say? May it not be charged against them. See, Paul is talking about the relationships that we go through, the relationships that he went through, but he's choosing not to be bitter. Even in the midst of somebody who opposed him. May it not be charged against them. He had too much to do. Paul had too much to do, too much preaching of the gospel to do, too many churches to plan and churches to affirm. He's like, he he wasn't going to get focused on these broken relationships. May it not be charged against them. Against them. Verse 27, but listen. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Teresa and Aquila and the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus remained... See, here's all these names, people, for your babies. Erastus remained at Corinth. I left Trophimus, who was ill, at, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus, another name, sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia. And all the brothers, the Lord will be with you in spirit. Grace be with you. So Paul had friends who deserted him. He had faithful friends. He had restored friendships. He had severed friendships. He had people that opposed him. And then other friends who were co-laborers. And this describes our friendships. This describes the relationships that we are in in life. But what did Paul say in the middle of that? In the, you know, the Alexander the coppersmith did me harm and all of this, but... Well, we're going to let the Lord take care of him. And these other people that deserted me, you know, we don't, want, we don't want it to be held against them. Do you see the attitude that Paul is showing in the middle of these relationships, in the middle of these people problems? And then what was the thing he said in the middle of all of these situations? Verse 17, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Here's the reality with some of our relationships, as with Paul. Some of them are severed forever. Sometimes a spouse leaves and they're not coming back. Sometimes, like Paul, Demas just left and he's gone. Alexander the coppersmith came against him. Sometimes there's, there's no reconciliation of relationships. Reconciliation takes two parties. It takes two people interested in reconciling the relationship. And if you only have one person interested, you can't actually mend the relationship. You know, I have a relationship uh, with one of my friends from Bible school. We're some of the 
some of our close friends, uh, for my wife and I. They live down in Florida, the pastors. Many years ago, we had a hiccup in our relationship. Has anyone ever had a hiccup in your friendships? And something happened, and I was really angry. I was really mad. I was really mad. Did I say I was angry? Something happened in our relationship. It had to do with a third party. And we didn't speak for a couple years. And then finally we were able to have a discussion. And we had a discussion and we found out that this third party was lying to us both separately. Of telling us two different stories. And him and I got into a fight over a lie. And for a couple years, one of my closest friends in the world, I did, we weren't friends anymore. But thank God our relationship was able to be restored. And some of our closest friends, once again, in life and ministry today. Now I have other relationships. You know, I, I've been pastor here for 10 years and um, a bunch of years ago. You know, I had to, I made a leadership choice. And when you make leadership choices, not everybody likes it. and Nobody agrees with it. And I got one person so mad at me, like really mad. I, I reached out to them. I had a discussion with them. I was like, no, it wasn't this. I apologized that it came and blah, blah, blah. I had this big, long discussion. Now, they didn't say this when they left that last conversation, but it was pretty much like, see you in heaven. Do you know what I mean? Anyone ever had one of those? It's like, can't fix this. I guess we'll see you in heaven if you make it. <laughs> but all you can do is have those hard relationships, hard conversations. Hard conversations are called hard conversations for a reason. But if you are going to have any choice, any possibility of having a reconciled relationship, you have to have those hard conversations. And all you can do is your part. All you can do is say the things that you can say. And all you can say is, I'm sorry. And once again, these, these, the severity of these things are going to vary. You know, somebody said it like this. You know, trust will grow a drop at a time in a relationship. But it can be ruined a bucket at a time. And if trust is completely broken, it's hard to restore relationships sometimes. It's hard to reconcile those things. Now, this has nothing to do with forgiveness. You understand? Forgiveness is always the choice God wants us to make. Reconciliation takes two parties. And sometimes people will walk away from you for good. And that hurts. And it's a struggle. And it's painful. Paul understood this. What did he say? Well, Demas left and Alexander came against me. But I I don't want any of it to be held against them. And in the middle of all that, God was there and he strengthens me. God was there in the middle of all of these situations. In the middle of all of these problem people that we have relationships with. God is there and he's strengthening us. And he's also there with the person that we are having to struggle with. If if you hate somebody, God doesn't hate that person. 
God is for that person and he's for you. But what are we going to do when relationships are severed? What are we going to do when somebody walks away from us? Romans chapter 12, we're going to skip down uh, one verse, guys. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Hebrews 12, verse 14, strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness without no one will see the Lord. As it depends on you. See, all that you can do is forgive. All that you can do is to say, I'm willing to have this hard conversation. And I'm willing to try to work through this with you. And I'm trying to, I'm willing to reconcile with you. But if somebody else chooses that or trust is broken too much and you're just like, I'll see you in heaven. All you can do is what you can do. And that was Paul was saying in the range of the relationships that he had. And in the middle, regardless of what was having, what was going on in your relationship, the Lord is there with you, strengthening you. The Lord is there with you because he does not want you to give up. God doesn't want you to give up on the purposes of your life because of pain. See, Paul could have given up. Everybody deserted me. Demas has left me. Alexander the coppersmith, you know, he came against me. All of those things, Paul could have quit. Tired of planning churches, and I'm tired of nobody being on my side, and I'm tired of people who were co-laboring with me, and then they just left. Paul could have given up in the middle of all of that. You have purposes for your life, and these things are designed against you to get you to quit, to get you to stop, to get you to give up on close relationships because of the pain, but you can't give up. Why? Because in the middle of all of that, in the middle of the mess of problem, people, relationships, God is there and he's strengthening you. And he's holding you. He's upholding you in his hand. And all you can do is your part. All that you can do is forgive. All that you can do is be willing to have that hard conversation. Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon will come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. See, all of our relationships, there's going to be friction. There's going to be difficulty. But in the middle of all of that, regardless of the severity of the situation, God wants us to choose forgiveness, but then also he's there. And he sticks closer to us than any person. We talked about this last week. See, in the middle of these situations, sometimes we're trying to get something from somebody. We're trying to extract something from a person. But God is the one that sticks closer to us. God is the one who is always there. God is the one who is always strengthening us. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. When joy is lost from broken relationships, we can get joy from our relationship with God. Because God is always there in the middle of our messes. In the middle of somebody deserting me. 
in the middle of somebody walking away, in the middle of the pain. God is always there. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He restores me. See, Paul opened himself up to that restoration. Here's all these things that went on. But I'm not going to hold anything against them. And so, and what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to come to God because he is the shepherd of my soul. A shepherd takes care of the sheep. The shepherd feeds the sheep. The shepherd is always there with the sheep, leads the sheep to water. And what does the great shepherd do? He restores me. He brings me back. He brings me back from the pain he brings me back from the shattered relationships. He brings me back from the people who said to me, just I'll see you in heaven. He brings me back. John 10, last verse. And then Tyler and Diana are going to sing us a song here. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my hand. See, listen, it doesn't matter what happens in our relationships. God always holds me. God never walks away from me. God is never done with us. God doesn't look at our problems and say that they're too much for me. No, we are always in his hand. This, this song they're going to sing here in a second identifies those things that we go through in relationships. But then there's a part of the song that where God is speaking to us. So I just want, to, want you to stay in your seats and just, and just listen to the words and let these words minister to you. Father God, we're just so thankful for your goodness this morning. We're so thankful for your love. We're so thankful, Lord, that you are constantly restoring us. That you are always there strengthening us and helping us. Lord, you never leave us alone. That we are always in your hand. You never walk away from us. God, in your strength is the strength that we need. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.